Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Barely There Theater, where we present theater to you, barely. Up this week, a play. There will be a brief message after the play is over, so stick around once the show's done. Now, sit back, relax, and please enjoy Overtones by Alice Gerstenberg. Directed by Cynthia Taylor, featuring Alicia Haynes, Sidney Dexter, Joe Vasquez, Emily Hilburn, and Cheyenne DeVos. Hey, you know... We find ourselves in Herod's fashionable living room. There is a door at the back that leads out to the hall. In the center of the room is a tea table with a chair on either side. At the back, a cabinet. Downstage is a mirror. Herod's gown is a light, jealous green. She is accompanied by her counterpart, Hetty, who wears a gown of the same design but in a darker shade. Herod never sees Hetty never talks to her, but rather thinks aloud while looking into space. Hetty, however, looks at Harriet incessantly, talks intently, and shadows her continually. Harriet sits at the tea table, b- busying herself with the tea things. Hetty lurks behind her. Harriet! Harriet, my other self. My trained self. Yes? I want to talk to you. Well? Oh, Harriet, you are beautiful today. Am I presentable, Hetty? Suits me. I've tried to make the best of the good points. My passions are deeper than yours. I can't keep on the mask as you do. I'm crude and real, yet you are my appearance in the world. I am what you wish the world to believe you are. You are the part of me that has been trained. I am your educated self. I am the rushing river. You are the ice over the current. I am your subtle overtones. But together, we are one woman, the wife of Charles Goodrich. There, I disagree with you, Hetty. I alone am his wife. Harriet, how can you say such a thing? Certainly. I am the one who flatters him. I have to be the one who talks to him. If I gave you a chance, you would tell him at once that you dislike him. Hetty moves away from Harriet. I don't love him, that's certain. You leave all the fibbing to me. He doesn't suspect that my calm, suave manner hides your hatred. Considering the amount of scheming it causes me, it can safely be said that he is my husband. Oh, if you love him. I? I haven't any feelings. It isn't my business to love anybody. Then why need you object to calling him my husband? I resent your appropriation of a man who is managed only through the cleverness of my artifice. You may be clever enough to deceive him, Harriet, but I am still the one who suffers. I can't forget that he is my husband. I can't forget that I might have married John Caldwell. How foolish of you to remember John. Just because we met his wife by chance. That's what I want to talk to you about. She may be here at any moment. I want to advise you about what to say to her this afternoon. By all means, tell me now and don't interrupt me while she is here. You have a most annoying habit of talking to me when people are present. Sometimes it is all I can do to keep my poise and appear not to be listening to you. Impress her. Heavy, dear. Is it not my custom to impress people? I hate her. I can't let her see that. I hate her because she married John. Only after you had refused him. Hetty turns on Harriet. Was it my fault that I refused him? That's right. Blame me. It was your fault. 
told me he was too poor and never would be able to do anything in painting. Look at him now, known in Europe, just returned from eight years in Paris, famous. It was too poor a gamble at the time. It was much safer to accept Charles's money and position. And then John married Margaret within the year. Out of spite. Freckled, gawky looking thing she was too. Europe improved her. She was stunning the other morning. Make her jealous today. Shall I be haughty or cordial or caustic or... Above all else, you must let her know that we are rich. Oh, yes. I do that quite easily now. You must put it out of it. Never fear. Tell her I love my husband. My husband. Are you going to quarrel with me? Harriet moves away from Hetty. No. I have no desire to quarrel with you. It is quite too uncomfortable. I couldn't get away from you if I tried. Hetty stamps her foot and follows. You are a stupid fool to make me refuse, John. I'll never forgive you. Never! Harriet holds out her hand. Don't get me all excited. I'll be in no condition to meet her properly this afternoon. I could choke you for robbing me of John. Harriet runs from Hetty. Don't muss me. Hetty runs after her. You don't know how you have made me suffer. Harriet can't help but feel Hetty's emotion. It is not my business to have heartaches. You're bloodless. Nothing but a sham. A sham while I... quiet. I can't let her see that I've been fighting with my inner self. And now, after all my suffering, you say it has cost you more than it has cost me to be married to Charles. But it's the pain in my heart. I've paid the price. I've paid... Charles is not your husband. He is. He isn't. He is. Hetty towers over Harriet. He isn't. I'll kill you. Harriet sinks into a chair. Don't! Don't! You're, you're stronger than I am. Say he's mine. He's ours. The telephone rings. There she is now. Hetty hurries to answer the phone, but Harriet regains her supremacy. Wait! I can't let the telephone girl down there hear my real self. It isn't proper. <clears throat> Show Mrs. Caldwell up. I'm so excited, my heart's in my mouth. Harriet crosses to and gazes into the mirror. A nice state you put my nerves into. Don't let her see that you're nervous. Quick, put the veil on, or she'll see you shining for me. Harriet takes a scarf of pale green chiffon that has been lying over the back of a chair and drapes it on Hetty, covering her face. As Hetty moves in the following scene, the chiffon falls away, revealing now and then the gown of deeper dye underneath. Tell her Charles is rich and fascinating. Boast of our friends. Make her feel she needs us. I'll make her ask John to paint us. That's just my thought. If John paints our portrait, we can wear an exquisite gown and make him fall in love again. Yes. Back center, Margaret parts the portieres and extends her hand. Behind her is her counterpart, Maggie. While Margaret wears a gown of lavender chiffon, her primitive self wears a gown of the same design in purple with a purple chiffon scarf veiling her face. Oh, Margaret, I'm so glad to see you. That's a lie. It's enchanting to see you, Harriet. I'd bite you if I dared. Wasn't our meeting a stroke of luck? Margaret crosses to the tea table and stands behind the left chair. I've thought of you so often, Harriet. And to come back and find you living in New York. 
Harriet joins her at the table and stands opposite her. Mr. Goodrich has many interests here. Flatter her. I know. Mr. Goodrich is so successful. Tell her we're rich. Oh, won't you sit down? What a beautiful lamb. Do you like it? I'm afraid Charles paid an extravagant price. I don't believe it. Margaret sits down. I am sure he must have. Harriet sits opposite her. How well you are looking, Margaret. Yes, you are not. There are circles under your eyes. I haven't eaten since breakfast and I'm hungry. Oh, how well you are looking too. You have hard lines about your lips. Are you happy? Don't let her know that I'm unhappy. Why shouldn't I look well? My life is full, happy, complete. I wonder. Tell her we have an automobile. My life is complete too. <laughs> My heart is torn with sorrow. My husband cannot make a living. He will kill himself if he does not get an order for a painting. Oh, you must come and see us in our studio. John has been doing some excellent portraits. He cannot begin to fill his orders. Tell her we have an automobile. Do you take lemon in your tea? Take cream, it's more filling. No, cream, if you please. Ah, oh, how cozy. Margaret nonchalantly looks at the tea things while Maggie glares. Only cakes? I could eat them all. How many lumps? Sugar is nourishing. Three, please. I used to drink very sweet coffee in Turkey, and ever since then, I... I don't believe you were ever in Turkey. I wasn't, but it's none of your business. Harriet pours tea for the both of them. Have you been in Turkey? Do tell me about it. Change the subject. You must go there. You have so much taste in dress that you would enjoy seeing their costumes. Isn't she going to pass the cake? John painted several portraits there. Why don't you stop her bragging and tell her we have an automobile? Cake? Maggie claws for the cake. At last. And just barely misses. Margaret gracefully places a piece of cake upon her plate and bites it slowly, deliberately, and delicately. Mmm, thank you. Automobile. Follow up the costumes with the suggestion that she would make a good model for John. It isn't too early to begin getting what we came for. What delicious cake. There's your chance for the auto. Yes, it is good cake, isn't it? There are always a great many people buying it at Harper's. I sat in my automobile 15 minutes this morning waiting for my chauffeur to get it. Make her order a portrait. If you stopped at Harper's, you must have noticed the new gowns at Henderson's. Aren't the shop windows alluring these days? Even my chauffeur notices them. I know you have an automobile. I heard you the first time. I notice gowns now with an artist's eye, as John does. The one you have on, my dear, is very paintable. Don't let her see you're anxious to be painted. Oh, it's just a little model. Don't seem anxious to get the order. Perhaps it isn't the gown itself, but the way you wear it that pleases the eye. Some people can wear anything with grace. Yes, I'm very graceful. You flatter me, my dear. On the contrary, Harriet.
have an intense admiration for you. I remember how beautiful you were as a girl. In fact, I was quite jealous when John was paying you so much attention. She is gloating because I lost him. Those were childhood days in a country town. She's trying to make you feel that John was only a country boy. Most great men have come from the country. There is a fair chance that John will be added to that list. I know it, and I am bitterly jealous of you. Undoubtedly, he owes much of his success to you, Margaret. Your experience in economy and your ability to endure hardship. Those first few years in Paris must have been a struggle. She is sneering at your poverty. <sighs> yes, we did find life difficult at first. Not that luxurious starter girl has who marries wealth. Deny that you have married Charles for his money. But John and I are so congenial in our tastes that we were impervious to hardship or unhappiness. Do you love each other? Is it really true? Did you have all the romance of starving for his art? She's taunting you. Get even with her. Not for long. Prince Ryer soon discovered John's genius and introduced him royally to wealthy Parisians who gave him many orders. Are you telling the truth or are you lying? If he had so many opportunities there, you must have had great inducements to come back to the States. We did but not the kind you think. John became the rage among Americans traveling in France, too, and they simply insisted upon him coming here. Whom is he going to paint here? What names dare I make up? Just at present, Miss Dorothy Ainsworth of Oregon is posing. You may not know the name, but she is the daughter of a wealthy miner who found gold in Alaska. I dare say there are many Western people we have never heard of. You must have found social life in New York very interesting, Harriet, after the simplicity of our hometown. There's no need to remind us that our beginnings were the same. Of course, Charles's family made everything delightful for me. They are so well connected. <sighs> Flatter her. I heard it mentioned yesterday that you had made yourself very popular. Someone said you were very clever. Who told you that? Nobody. Oh, confidences should be suspected. Respected, I mean. They said, too, that you were gaining some reputation as a critic of art. I make no pretenses. Are you and Mr. Goodrich interested in the same things, too? No. Yes, indeed. Charles and I are inseparable. I wonder. Do you have another cake? Oh, yes. Maggie's claws again extend, but do not touch the cake. Margaret delicately takes another slice. Oh, I really shouldn't. After my big luncheon, John took me to the Ritz and we were invited to the Bedfords for dinner. Oh, they have such a magnificent house near the drive. Oh, I really shouldn't. But the cakes are so good. Starving. More tea. Yes. No, thank you. How wonderfully life has arranged itself for you. 
wealth, position, a happy marriage, every opportunity to enjoy all pleasures, a beauty, art. How happy you must be. Don't call me happy. I've never been happy since I gave up John. All these years without him, a future without him. No, no, I shall win him back, away from you, away from you. Unseen by Harriet, Maggie points out cream for Margaret to steal. I sometimes think it is unfair for anyone to be as happy as I am. Charles and I are just as much in love now as when we married. To me, he is just the dearest man in the world. My John is. I love him so much, I, I could die for him. I'm going through hunger and want to make him great, and he loves me. He worships me. I should like to meet Mr. Goodrich. Oh, bring him to our studio. John has some sketches to show. Not many, because all the portraits have been purchased by the subjects. He gets as much as $4,000 now. Don't pay that much. As much as that? It is not really too much when one considers that John is in the foremost rank of artists today. A picture painted by him now will double and triple in value. It's all a lie. He is growing weak with despair. Does he paint all day long? No. He draws advertisements for our bread. When you and your husband come to see us, telephone first. Yes, so he can get the advertisements out of the way. Otherwise, you might arrive while he has a sitter, and John refuses to let me disturb him then. Make her ask for an order. Lagrange offered to paint me for a thousand. Louise Lagrange's reputation isn't worth more than that. Well, I've heard his work well mentioned. Yes, he's doing splendid work. Oh, dear me, no. He is only praised by the masses. He is accepted not at all by artists themselves. Must I really pay the full price? Lagrange thought I would make a good subject. Let her fish for it. Of course you would. Why don't you let Lagrange paint you if you trust him? She doesn't seem anxious to have John do it. But if Lagrange isn't accepted by artists, it would be a waste of time to pose for him, wouldn't it? Hmm, yes. I think it would. Give us the order. John is so despondent, he can't endure much longer. Help us. Help me. Save us. Don't seem too eager. And yet, if he only charges a thousand, one might consider it. If you really wish to be painted, why don't you give a little more and have a portrait really worthwhile? John might be induced to do you for a little below his usual price, considering that you used to be such good friends. Hurrah! That's very nice of you to suggest. Of course, I don't know. For God's sake, say yes! Of course, I don't know whether John would. He is very peculiar in these matters. He sets his value on his work and thinks it beneath him to discuss price. You needn't try to make us feel small. Still, I might quite delicately mention to him that inasmuch as you have many influential friends, you would be very glad to... to... Finish <laughs> what I don't want to say. Help her out. Oh, yes. 
introductions will follow the exhibition of my portrait. No doubt. I be patronizing. No doubt I shall be able to introduce your husband to his advantage. Saved! If I find John in a propitious mood, I shall take pleasure for your sake in telling him about your beauty. Just as you are sitting now would be a lovely pose. We can go now. Don't let her think she is doing us a favor. It will give me pleasure to add my name to your husband's list of patronesses. Run home and tell John the good news. I little guessed when I came for a pleasant chat about old times that it would develop into business arrangements. I had no idea, Harriet, that you had any intention of being painted by LaGrange, too. Well, I came just in time to rescue you. <laughs> Run home and tell John. Hurry, hurry. You managed the order very neatly. She doesn't suspect that you wanted it. Now, if I am not satisfied with my portrait, I shall blame you, Margaret, dear. I am relying upon your opinion of John's talent. She doesn't suspect what you came for. Run home and tell John. You always had a brilliant mind, Margaret. Oh, it is you who flatter now. You don't have to stay so long. Hurry home. Ah, uh, one does not flatter when one tells the truth. <laughs> Margaret smiles. I must be going or you will have me completely under your spell. Hetty glances at the clock. Yes, do go. I have to dress for dinner. Oh, don't hurry. I hate you. No, really, I must. But I hope we shall see each other often at the studio. I find you so stimulating. I hate you. It is indeed gratifying to find a kindred spirit. I came for your gold. How delightful it is to know you again. I am going to make you and your husband suffer. My kind regards to John. He has forgotten all about you. Margaret rises. He will be so happy to receive you. I can hardly wait to talk to him again. I shall wait then until you send me word. Margaret offers her hand. I'll speak to John about it as soon as I can and tell you when to come. Harriet takes Margaret's hand affectionately. Hetty and Maggie rush at each other, throw back their veils, and fling their speeches fiercely at each other. I love him. I love him. He's starving. I'm starving. I'm going to take him away from you. I want your money and your influence. I'm going to, to rob, rob you. Rob you. The lights go out and come up again slowly, leaving only Margaret and Harriet visible. I've had such a delightful afternoon. It has been a joy to see you. <sighs> Goodbye. Mwah! Mwah! <laughs> Goodbye, my dear. Thank you for listening to this month's play. The goal of Barely There Theater is to create plays and entertainment for people free of charge, anywhere they want, anytime they want. Subscribe to us for mostly weekly updates with new audio plays, rehearsals, and whatever else might come up. We do ask that if you liked what you just listened to, consider donating to us at our website, BarelyThereTheater.com. And if you're in a position where you can't afford to donate, that's okay too. Consider passing this episode along to someone who you think will enjoy it. Get a hold of us at our email address, feedback at BarelyThereTheater.com, or leave a comment below if you're listening on YouTube. 
Tune in in the upcoming weeks for a behind-the-scenes look at the rehearsal process of the play you just listened to, where you can hear the growth, bloopers, and whatever tangents we may spiral off into. Once again, thanks for listening to Barely There Theater.